sometimes you know the universe or like source or god or whatever word you want to use fate will literally pull the rug out from underneath you and just be like this isn't working and that you know let's we let's recalibrate this so it's just like every single bad thing that happens can lead to something else Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. This episode of Weighing In on Happy has been brought to you by my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom. If you're looking to stop food fear and guilt so you can eat effortlessly and intuitively, then be sure to apply to my coaching program. You can do that on my website, www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash coaching, or you can go ahead and click the link in the show notes below and apply for my one-on-one coaching program there. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Weighing In on Happy. My name is Victoria Evans, an intuitive eating and body image coach, and I am joined today by Hannah Rose Cluley who is an empowerment business coach. So I am so excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your podcast as well. I'm excited. Yeah. So I met you in Bali and you were teaching yoga and you had this just beautiful Instagram platform, just being so vulnerable and open and raw. And I was like, this girl is amazing. Mm. And now you started to transition more into business and really starting that kind of empowerment for women and I'm loving it and I'm loving this transition and I would love to hear a little bit more about your story and your journey to kind of getting to where you are now on this path well thank you so much for saying that that like really appreciate it um and that that is something that I get that gets commented on a lot is like the vulnerability and being open on Instagram and I think if you were to go on my Instagram page right now that probably wouldn't be super evident because I used to post way more like inverted commas authentic and open stuff whereas now it's more business minded but I do feel like that is rooted at the essence of who I am so if you wanted to hear my journey or my story of how I got there um so many things have happened in my life and I don't want to spend like too much time talking about it but way back before Bali and before I was a yoga teacher um I actually was a translator um, speaking French and doing like healthcare translation market research work and my journey actually started because I was super into fitness I was in I played netball I don't know if you have netball in Canada it's like a commonwealth game yeah some countries like have no idea what it is but um, I was really big into netball and I had a really bad knee injury that was like going on for like 10 years and I could stop me playing and I didn't know um we didn't know what it was doctors kept on fobbing me off and then eventually I got a scan and in the UK because you have um we have our healthcare system they just didn't want to give me a scan I think because it was more expensive and they kept on just telling me to take um painkillers and I was like no there's something really wrong with me this is not normal I'm like 22 or whatever I got a scan had like a couple of surgeries had to relearn how to walk and I really feel like being immobile for like three to six months, not only once, but twice when you're like a young adult, it was really pivotal, pivotal for me. Um, 
because it just takes a lot of mental strength, I think. And it's something that I kind of forget in my journey, but it's probably one of the most relevant things because I suffered depression from it. Um, and that's when my Instagram account started like way back when was like a journal kind of around my knee injury. Um, and I think that's where the ability to be open and to be authentic comes from because like that was the whole purpose of the, the Instagram account. And then, you know, I went back to normal ish with my knee. Um, I ended up leaving my job as a translator, becoming a yoga teacher, training as a PT, ran around London for a couple of years, exhausted myself, got even more depressed and anxious and then went to visit a friend in Bali, loved it, moved there six months later with no job, got a job um, teaching, which is where we met at a studio called Odyssey, which is amazing in Bali. And then I decided to start coaching nearly at the finish, nearly at the end of my story. Sorry, guys. And then, um, yeah, when COVID hit, I just kind of got this moment of inspiration where I was like, actually, you know, I've lost a couple of social media clients because I was doing that at the same time. Um, I can't teach my classes anymore. I'm going to go home to the UK because my mum wants me to go home. And my partner um, at the time had gone to take care of his parents in Korea. So I was by myself. And I was like, actually, maybe I should be teaching yoga teachers how to run their businesses online because everything's online right now. Um, and that's where it all started, really. I don't know if that answers your question. I hope that was yes. not too long. <laughs> no, that was brilliant. I love how you weave that all together. And I think it's so interesting and important. I think so often we look at those moments where we have an injury or an illness or something, and it can feel like it is our life can be over and our life is done. It can feel so heavy. And but sometimes it can be the start of something new and a new chapter. And this shedding of this kind of old skin. And, you know, like you said, like it was starting this Instagram account and getting really vulnerable and, you know, probably shifting your identity a little bit around who you were. And I know for myself being coming from, you know, being a high performance athlete, like no longer that I was like, who am I? And then I became the girl who, who had the eating disorder, who lost a ton of weight and looked really good. And then I had to start recovery. And then it was, who am I now that I'm not the girl with the, you know, the abs and who's really thin and everyone's complimenting. And then I moved to Bali and I'm like, Hey, now I'm starting a business. I have to become that. And it's just this constant evolution and changing of, you know, identity and stuff. And so I love how we can be just open and honest about that though. I think people can get stuck a little bit in Mm. what their title is and who they are instead of kind of being like, okay, this is an opportunity to grow and learn and figure out more of myself and not take it as to mean something about themselves. That makes sense. Like when we're changing. 100%. Like I totally agree with you. And I was actually speaking to somebody this morning who's hopefully signing up for a group coaching program that I'm running. And she was just like, I've just got some terrible news about work. um, And I just don't know if I can do it anymore. Like things are changing. And I just said to her, like, sometimes, and I don't mean all the time when bad things happen, because sometimes bad things happen and it just is really bad. (laughs) Um, But sometimes, you know, the universe or like source or God or whatever word you want to use, fate will literally pull the rug out from underneath you and just be like, this isn't working. And that, you know, let's let's recalibrate this. And I really do feel like with the knee injury, Like, I remember 
it took me so long to get these surgeries. Like I was fighting for so long and I kept on playing netball, which is like a super dynamic sport where your knees and your ankles are just really susceptible because of the way that you're changing direction all the time. And even though I was in pain, I would play and then I would go home and I would take loads of ibuprofen and ice it. And like, oh, like that was just the thing that I was doing. And I remember getting my results from the scan, which was basically like, you need to have surgery. Like there's, there's nothing that we can do through physiotherapy. Um, I remember just being so upset that I hadn't done it sooner. And then same thing again, like after surgery, when I couldn't walk for three months, like when that's such like, it's a long time to not be able to walk. Um, and I was just so upset about it. But looking back, it was because of that that I started doing more yoga because I couldn't run, I couldn't work out. Um, and I was doing a lots of plyometric stuff. Like I was like super, I was very active before my surgeries. And then I had to just take it all away and basically just walk when I was allowed to and do yoga. And like, if I hadn't done yoga and ended up doing my yoga teacher training, I would have never gone to Bali. So it's just like every single bad thing that happens can lead to something else and just with you know covid obviously for some people has been terrible and i don't want to like take away from that but even coming back to the uk obviously right now it feels a bit shit because i'm like living with my mum again and i was just saying to you before we started recording like how much i miss bali and how jealous i am of you for being there but i'm so certain in like a year i'm like oh no that was really necessary and like that was really pivotal i feel like we always have to we don't have to but it's really helpful to have that kind of mindset Oh, for sure. And I think, I mean, from 99% of my life up until like the last few years, I was just in such the victim mindset. And mm-hmm. I really struggled with depression, anxiety, it was who I was and everything was happening to me. And it was just mm-hmm. like this heavy bubble of complaining and feeling stuck. And it was horrible and it was miserable, but I feel like I couldn't take any action. And so as I've gone through this incredible journey of recovery and even working with coaches, like it's been just so transformative, Mm. but I was able to stop seeing things as the victim and start seeing them as the student. And then now I'm actually as a coach able to be the teacher. And now anytime something, you know, bad happens to me, I, you know, I'm not someone who's like good vibes only. I'm like, no, no, human experience, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let yourself feel that, let yourself, you know, whatever that moment is, wherever the days are, whatever it is, like let yourself feel that. But then you can ask yourself, like, what have I learned from this? What can I take away from this? And I, every time that something bad has happened to me, it's become a stepping stone to where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it at the time. And if I would have kind of sat in that judgment and the shame and the victimhood, then I would have never seen it. And that's where I spend Mm -hmm. most of my life. But it's like when we drop the shame, we drop the like, I can't believe this happened or this person has this and I don't have that. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now what can I learn from this? And who can I kind of start to evolve myself? And it's just, it's such a transformative way to see life when it's happening for you. And it sounds so cliche instead of being to you. (laughs) I think 100%. And I definitely think that, it's all relative as well, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, uh, I'm very lucky and like having to have a couple of knee surgeries is definitely like not the worst thing that can happen in life. But I love that. I think, you know, when we talk about manifesting and like calling in stuff, I think it's less about that. And I think it's more about, okay, so this thing's happening right now, whether we called it in or not is like a completely different 
thing but what can we do about it and i i don't want to go completely off topic but i feel like you know how black lives matter and everything has become come to the forefront for so many of us especially if we're white we're suddenly like oh my god actually white privilege is a thing and i feel like so much of the mentality is like well we're not responsible for that and it's like that doesn't matter right now what matters is like what are we doing to change it and i feel like the same can be said for any situation that you're going through right okay this is happening let's first of all accept that you know you, you just said it was victim mode first of all right why is this happening to me oh my god i can't believe it this is so terrible and then i love what you said like student mode so good like okay what can i do with this and then hopefully you know we get out to the end as you say where your teacher whether it's you know teaching students or teaching friends or like being an example to people in your family right Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's such a shift and it's a difficult shift mm -hmm. but then when you start to get into that like it, it nothing can really phase you at that point because it's just like okay cool you know like let's ebb and flow let's figure it out and yeah mm -hmm. that acceptance is so key and I know right now the Black Lives Matter people are frustrated that it's you know it's all the time and it's so everywhere and it's taking over I'm like it has to be happening mm -hmm. you know like it's 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 a privilege to not care about it. It's a privilege to not have it on your newsfeed. And if you're someone who's complaining about it, I'm sorry to say you're part of the problem because you're not yeah. someone who's taking action on it and being really aware of what certain people, what certain like, I mean, and we could expand that to so many things, but like if you have the privilege to not care about an issue, it's because you are the, my, like the, I don't want to say it, like you are the person who's kind of like, I don't know, instigating it. I don't know how to want to. Yeah, like you're the person kind of behind it, kind of feeling issue. I don't know how to term quite. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, no, I totally feel that. And so it's interesting. So much of this journey has, for me, come back to finding a true sense of self worth and mm -hmm. not having that just be on external things. And becoming an entrepreneur who's really brought in everything to the forefront. Like if stuff a launch doesn't go well, if a client doesn't sign, mm -hmm. like it's so easy to make it a personal thing and make it yeah. about me and like, oh my God. And um, I would love to hear a little bit more, you know, about the self-worth and kind of making that a key component and digging into that when it comes to becoming an entrepreneur. 100%. I always say like whenever I sign a new client or whenever I speak to somebody the foundation of being an entrepreneur and really like if you're building towards anything, it doesn't have to be a business. It could be a relationship or like a family or whatever it might be, or even building a house. Like the foundation has to be, you believe that you can do it right. If you don't believe that it's possible for you to read, like it's a really simple example, but if you don't believe it's possible for you to renovate your kitchen, you're just never going to do it. Or if you don't believe that you deserve a relationship, you're probably never going to be, in a fulfilling relationship, not necessarily a relationship full stop. Or if you don't believe that you can be a business owner or you can be a coach or you can be whatever it is that you are aspiring to in a business sense, it isn't going to happen. It's like getting into a car and I use this analogy all the time. It's like getting into a car, not knowing where you're going and just expecting yourself to be able to drive there. Like it's impossible. You have to like be able to know where you're going and be able to like believe that it's possible right so that belief is paramount and I think self-worth and self-love is such a highly spoken about topic 
but it's still like a mysterious like how do we attain it thing and one thing that i know is that people always want a magic pill they're like i want to be healed just like this and you you will know this as well but it's something that has to be done little and often over time um for me it's meditation um and for me it's mostly the conversations to be honest i have with myself in my head because i'm very harsh i'm very judgmental i'm very critical you can ask my mum; like she will definitely agree and i think that when we speak to ourselves we're always the most critical because that's just how we had to survive when we were you know hundreds of thousands of years ago hunter gatherers on the savannah running away from lions and tigers and bears um, because you had to be hyper aware of everything that could potentially go wrong. And so I think like whenever we make a mistake now, whether it's something that we said to somebody in a conversation or a message that we sent to somebody that they didn't reply to, we always go to worst case scenario because it's keeping us safe. And I feel like for many of us, and if you're listening to this, then you obviously have access to the internet and you probably live in a first world country and you're probably quite lucky. You're not confronted day to day with things that are going to kill you unless you live in Bali and there are like snakes that could get into your bedroom and stuff like that but what I'm like we're not really ever put in that real fight or flight mode so I, I personally feel like we latch on to anything that's potentially dangerous in inverted commas which is starting a business going into relationship because like to our ego that's pain um so I really think like the most basic understanding of that or the most basic way to start self-worth is to understand that like it's self-awareness, right? Like understanding when you go into protection mode, understanding when your ego kicks in, understanding when you do go into flight or fight or flight mode. Um, and even little observations, like when I'm driving a car and something happens where I get freaked out for a moment, whether it's like someone overtakes me when they shouldn't and I think just feeling in my body that quick jump of like adrenaline it's like having that awareness and it's the same if an email gets like sent to me that's like a bit potentially like not a scary email but one that you don't want to receive it's just like being able to diagnose for yourself like when you dip into those areas and then pulling yourself back and being kind about it I don't know if I'm like rambling but it's for me it's not been like a secret tool or tip it's literally like don't be harsh to yourself and notice when your ego starts to step in because it will do it more than you think it does and I think when you can be kind to your ego you know be kind to your reptile brain which is a thing that's trying to keep you safe you start to build that self-worth does that make sense 100% I was literally like nodding along the whole time like yes <laughs> and I love that you brought in how your permanent brain works trying to keep you safe because that's exactly how I coach Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing when you're saying like how we talk to ourselves. If and I love the example you used, like getting into a car. Like if I'm getting to a car and I'm not giving any kind of direction or I don't think I can get somewhere, like the kitchen, you know, I my brain is literally not even going to show me the opportunity. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. that part of your brain, that reticular activating system. Like if I'm telling myself, oh, I'm never going to be able to be a successful female entrepreneur, then my brain goes, okay that's not important to her. So let's not even look for opportunity yeah. have a confirmation bias because you're like, there's no opportunities because you've told your brain not to look for them. And it's, I always say, you know, it's like me telling you, you know, look for yellow cars. You're going to see more yellow cars. And it's the same thing. I 100% agree. Right. And that's so exactly it. 
it's so important to monitor the self-talk and, you know, way even I was talking about like some of my, my confidence courses, it's like, if every word you spoke was, you know, like a mark on your body, like, what would your body look like? Mm. Like, would you want to go outside? Probably not. You would be just covered. And so be so aware because they do live within you. Like everything you say is telling your brain what to focus on, what not to focus on. And so, and it's that cliche of you create your own reality, but the way your brain works, there's so much incoming data. There's so much incoming stimuli that you literally have to decide what is relevant and important information. Otherwise your brain would be on overload. Mm-hmm. And so the way you speak to yourself and what you focus on is what you're going to create more of on a biological standpoint, not even just like a, a woo kind of a standpoint, like however yeah. you want to touch it. Um, yeah it's so important to kind of understand that and dig into that and like you said it's it doesn't serve us to be that harsh beating ourselves up it just it doesn't work it's like what we've been kind of conditioned to believe is what's going to get us to point b but it's literally what is holding us back from getting there yeah and one quote that i will always remember and i couldn't tell you who said it but it's your subconscious will never make you a liar and i think that we believe that we're in control of like yeah me picking up a cup is my conscious mind but it's my subconscious mind that takes like looks for those opportunities like you just said with the yellow car thing so if you're saying something your subconscious brain which is the thing that gets you all the opportunities that you ever have in life obviously like speaking from a privileged place it's not just your subconscious mind but it's like the subconscious mind of other people as well but if you're telling yourself that you're stupid you are going to full bodily believe that you're stupid. Whereas if you tell yourself, like it is possible for me to be successful, even if at the beginning you saying those affirmations or whatever the way it is that you say it feels fake and feels weird, you're going to bring it into your reality. And that's the confusion I think with like things like law of attraction and manifestation is that we believe that we can just magic ourselves a certain car or we can magic ourselves X, Y, and Z no it's about first of all you know thinking that it's attainable in a logical sense not in a a sense that's dictated by our self-worth so is it realistic for me tomorrow to have a ferrari absolutely not it's not going to happen like it's just not so i'm not even going to bother thinking or manifesting that is it realistic for me to bring in x amount of new clients or hit a certain figure next month for my business yeah, I would pick a realistic, but still kind of scary one. And then I would remind myself of that daily in some kind of visual form, because as you say, we're always taking in what we see. And then I would actually like do the work to get there. And I think that that's how you overcome self-worth. It's not like there are things that you can do like mirror work and, you know, positive affirmations. But I also think it's like picking something that's achievable. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally makes sense. I love that. And I love that you also brought it back to like law of abundance attraction. Cause when I first heard about these things, I'm someone who's comes from like a very science-based, like very, mm-hmm. you know, hard hitting kind of a background. So I was, I was like, that sounds ridiculous. Like totally not in my sphere mm-hmm. at all. But then once you kind of break it down a bit, like, oh, it's just how our brain is kind of working. Like you can kind of approach it from that way. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you get to create that reality for yourself depending on how you speak to yourself and how you kind of perceive the world. And so I love that. And 
-hmm. With that though, it can be super scary to decide that you are worthy of these things and to be Mm. even like open and vulnerable, like even like starting an Instagram. So you like, you start the Instagram, you kind of share it as like your diary and recovering from your knee and like, how is that? You know, like I know so many women, they'll, they'll want to start an account or they'll want to start speaking about their, even their issues, their family, but they're so afraid of the judgment and what people are going to yeah. say and think about them. And what would you advise for that? That is something that comes up so frequently. And when I do work with people, you know, part of it is Instagram strategy in particular, like Instagram's the main place where we would be um, putting ourselves out there, right? Because there are Instagram stories and there are all these things and that, that is the main thing that comes up is people get scared of like what Lucy from university thinks or like what their friend that they went to school with thinks. Um, and it's actually rarely strangers on the internet who, by the way, are the ones who are going to, if anybody were to be a troll, it would be people that you don't know. Um, but people are just mostly scared of judgment from friends and family. And I think the main thing is to just do it because you never go it's like if you're scared of something I'm just trying to think of an example it's like you have to do the thing that is going to cause the potential reaction that you're scared of in order to prove that you're not going to get the reaction right so like you could if you're scared of going on a plane you're never going to be unscared of going on a plane until you go on the plane do you know what I mean like you have to kind of that's such a silly example but it's like you have to go and be pro- it has to be proven to you that what you're scared of isn't going to happen um mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense but it's like you have to go and put yourself out there on Instagram to actually get the feedback that it's safe for you to carry on doing that um and whether that's like just saying to a friend like oh I'm starting this Instagram account I'm really nervous please can you just you know for the next couple of months give me some extra support on my posts and like just make me feel good and I'm sure that if you are somebody who's wanting to start your Instagram account for your business which by the way it's totally normal to feel scared about that I'm sure you have somebody in your life who would like agree to be your cheerleader and be like yeah go go you Emma you're doing so well like that's amazing I mean even if they're not your ideal client it just feels good to have somebody in your corner Um, and I think another a couple of other things that go hand in hand with that are like from a business point of view, like understanding what your purpose is for having that platform, whether it's Instagram or whether it's a blog or whatever, like what is your purpose? And that usually is to help people. You know, most of us go into this world to help other people in some way. So really taking the attention away from you and putting it onto the person that you could potentially help. Because the reality is if you are a yoga teacher, if you are a coach, your work can change someone's life, right? I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that, like it's life-changing stuff. So just like really thinking about who am I here to help and reminding yourself, like I can actually change someone's life. Like this isn't me selling a candle. This is not that selling a candle is a bad thing, by the way, that could also change someone's life, but I can have a real strong impact on somebody with my work. Um, And even if it is like a product-based business, the same thing, like I can have that impact. So taking the focus away from you and putting it onto the person you're wanting to help, which is why I think that like ideal client work is like the number one business thing that everybody should be doing. If you haven't done that, um, you can like message me and I'll send you like a little PDF or something on Instagram because it's just the number one 
thing that everybody should be doing if you're wanting to start a business, knowing who you're here to serve. Um, and yeah, just remembering that like the worst that could happen is somebody could judge you and that actually isn't a big deal in the grand scheme yeah. of things. Hey, you guys wanted to quickly hop in here and give a quick shout out to my client, Ashley. So this is actually a quick little recording from one of our sessions the other day. I asked for her permission to share this with you because I think it just so beautifully encompasses the transformation that you can have. And she's only a few sessions in you guys. So here is Ashley. So hard to explain it, but like really the best word is the word that you've been using is freedom because like I don't know. It's just, I don't feel like those negative thoughts and those and, and food consumes my mind as much as it used to. Like before, like I think I had mentioned to one of my wins when I messaged you was like my whole shift, like the moment I woke up in the morning to like knowing it was going to be a late, an, a late day. It was like, cool. Today's my day. I'm going to get fast food and eat like crap when I come home. Like that was the only thing on my mind from the time I woke up to like the time I went and actually ordered my food. And then like, when I had my food, I was like super anxious because I just wanted to freaking eat it. Like it's, and that was like, I was just consumed by it. And now, like, I think the other day I also mentioned to you, I came home from work one day and it was a super productive day. I was tired, but it was super productive. Came home and mom goes, Oh, there's some food in the fridge if you want it. And that's when I was like, I haven't thought about food at all today. I was like, Holy crap. Like, and it wasn't like I felt like I needed to eat everything that was in the fridge. Like, I think, I don't even know if I even ate anything. Maybe I had like I mean, obviously I ate, like, it's not like I didn't eat, but I mean, like, it wasn't like I came home and then had to eat my emotions. Like, I think I had like my dinner and then after that I was fine. And like, even now, one of my main triggers, I guess, for lack of a better word, is at the end of the evening, like after dinner, that was usually my hard time is like, just before bed and after dinner, all I want is chips, carbs, like anything. And also like watching TV, I think I've told you before, because of that habit of like, binging and eating in front of the TV it was like when I watched TV that was my trigger to also get food and now I've I feel like I can actually do all of those things and after my dinner like I'm full like I don't want anything else and it's just been like you know what can I do paint my nails like what's on my comfort list I'll paint my nails I'll you know pet the dog brush their teeth while we watch TV like whatever and it's just it's everything but food and it's just like literally freedom is the only word I can think of and it's like it's such an amazing experience. Like I texted my best friend the other day and we were talking about it and I was like doing the happy dance and my emojis. Cause I was like, just so excited about it because I haven't had this ever. And I never thought that I could. Thank you so much for that incredible feedback. And now back to the episode. I totally agree. And the way I always think about it as well, whenever I've gotten like comments from people or, you know, DMS from men that are just like, just gross and stuff. I'm just like, mm. always thinking in my mind, like, it's not really happy people who feel fulfilled in their life and are, mm -hmm. you know, achieving their life purpose. Like they're not the ones sending these messages to you at 2am. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. never going to be who someone who is like really happy and has a loving family and support system. Who's like in the DMs being like, you're a fucking idiot and la la la, like, you're mm -hmm. stupid. And like, I can't believe you did this. Like whether it be friends or a total stranger, um, and the way I approached it as well, I was like, hurt people, hurt people. And oh my so, God, yeah. yeah, like I always kind of have it in the back of my mind and I almost kind of laugh a little bit whenever I see someone commenting something really rude or a family member saying someone to some, like something to someone that is like kind of really inappropriate. Cause I'm just like, clearly they are projecting an unhealed part mm. of themselves 
And so I, and I, so I kind of have this mentality of like, I almost have to like kind of laugh a little bit because I'm like, your, your insecurities are showing, like your flaws are showing, like you've exposed them to the world. And so (laughs) I love like messaging people back like that and be like, Hey, I'm sorry that you're in so much pain and things aren't going so well for you right now. Let me know if you want to talk more about that kind of thing. And just I love that. Yeah. There's this account called, I think it's at rain dove, but I can always send it to you afterwards. And this it's, um, they are a, they, they identify as a, they, and they, um, I think their name is rain. Yeah. Must be rain. And they obviously get messages all the time from people being like, you're disgusting. Are you a man? Are you a woman? You're gross. Like all these horrible messages and rain always is able to like completely turn the conversation around and at the end the person who sent them the message is like oh my god i'm so sorry like you've blown my mind i'm so grateful and like rain shares those messages on their instagram so like obviously not every conversation goes that way but just seeing how they handle it really inspires me and it's so funny that you say like that you're mirroring their insecurities because i tweeted something the other day um, like I use Twitter to create quote graphics, which like so many of us do, which is like a little tip to get a Twitter account, write out a quote and then like turn it into Instagram post really easy. Um, but I tweeted something the other day about how, like a year ago I was earning like a thousand pounds a month, which by the way, in Bali is like really good. Um, and then now I'm having like 10 K months. So I've like changed a lot in a year and somebody was like well the last time you wrote this you said it was 750 pounds so which was it I was like I actually said that that was a year and a half ago so like obviously I was earning more half a year later and I'm just saying this now with reference and like she this woman I said like maybe you should be focusing on like whatever you want to do instead of tearing people down I obviously like shouldn't have said that it was reactionary but she went so she was so deeply hurt by this and I don't think she realized that her being rude to me it was just hilarious because her being rude to me triggered me and then me being rude to her which I didn't I also didn't think that I was being rude but obviously to her it was hurtful triggered her back and she just couldn't and I was laughing about it I was like we've both done exactly the same thing like you said something hurtful to me it hurt my feelings I said something hurtful back to you it hurt your feelings and I was like this is funny like we both did the same thing I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings I'm sorry that I reacted but can't you see that the reason this all happened is because you did the same thing that I just did and she just couldn't get it And I was like laughing. I was sending her a voice note because she reached out to me on Instagram DM. I was sending her a voice note and I was like, this is funny. Like we've both done exactly the same thing. We've both reacted. um, And it's actually quite funny. And her whole Instagram bio was like, be kind to others. And I was just like, this is so ironic. So yeah, I think that when people do, if if you're scared of doing, creating an Instagram and somebody is rude to you, either do what rain or Victoria does, which is like, be super kind. Don't be reactionary. Like I was in that example, or just delete the message. Like it really isn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone as well. Like I think so much of social media can be used in such a great way and also in such a terrible way. And so like building Mm. community and following people who inspire you and make you feel good and are really vulnerable and posting things that resonate with you that can just make you feel less alone as well when you're getting some messages like don't just 
follow accounts of people driving like Maseratis with six pack abs because like you're probably never going to feel like you're enough. And when you feel like you're not enough, like that's going to come through and how you sell your business, like how you sell your courses, how you show up on Instagram stories, yeah. like your energy is going to be and, like we were referencing before, like the way you're going to talk to yourself, the way you're going to perceive the world, it's going to be very different if you've created an environment for yourself where you feel like you are not enough. 100%. And I, w- I did a reel, I shared a reel yesterday, um, which will still be on my account by the time this comes out. And it was about like battling with imposter syndrome. And one of the, the things I say is like, pick your expanders. And the word expander was something coined by Lacey Phillips, who has a, her own podcast and her, on Instagram, she's to be magnetic. And an expander is basically, instead of like, as you say, having someone that you aspire to be in terms of like driving a Maserati and like having an amazing body, which probably makes you feel shit, right? Because you're definitely not there and it's either going to be impossible or going to take a really long time for you to get there obviously like abs versus maserati or you can pick somebody who is probably just a few steps ahead of you but what they're doing is attainable right so they're not like a multi-millionaire yet they're probably just a couple of years into their business doing really well and they inspire you so they're an expander so that's like such a big important thing you know when you mention comparing yourself or like you know, feeling worried about that is just have somebody in your line of sight. Again, it's all about like, what are you looking at? What are you watching? What are you bringing into your subconscious mind? That has like been a game changer for me. And I like unfollowed and muted so many different coaches that I was just comparing myself completely unnecessarily to. And now I just look up to literally it's like two people that I would say I look to for that kind of inspiration. I mean, there are loads of coaches that I follow and I love seeing what they're doing, but I just pick like two people who are, I feel like what they're doing, I can do someday and it, it feels good. So I think that's like such a big thing as well. It's like having those expanders or whatever word you want to use to describe them. I love that word expander. That's like, it's very like abundance. And yeah. Yeah, so many people get into the scarcity mindset around everything with business. And I know, especially in kind of my community, there's a lot of scarcity and restriction and that Mm. really plays out to like every area of their life. So as well, like with money, like it's like there's Mm. never enough money. There's never enough time. Like there's just never enough. It's like a very common theme. And so could you kind of dig into like, what is the scarcity versus like an abundance mindset? And what are some things you can do to kind of help to tap into that abundance mindset? 100%. And I think it's really great that you touch on the fact that restriction in like what you would eat, for example, or in like, it mainly is is like restricting, restricting, sorry, eating and also like watching like how many calories you burn and like, what's my heart rate doing when you're exercising is like a really good parallel to like that scarcity mindset when it comes to money. It's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, speak about that coach you know it's like I don't want to shout out that woman because I don't want people who could potentially work with me to go see her and I remember I like share what I feel like I share really cool graphics on my Instagram I used to share more of them and now like I've kind of changed but I remember really like lots of people have messaged me and be like how are you making these graphics and I felt very much like I wanted to keep 
the facts or like how I made them, which is literally in Canva. Like it's not a secret. I was just making them in Canva, but I felt like I needed to keep them really close to my chest because I was scared. Like, oh, if somebody else knows how to make these graphics, then like my content's not going to be special and it's not going to be cool anymore. So that's what I would say is like a scarcity mindset of like, I want to keep this close to my chest. Or it was like when I used to do like a bit of um, influencer stuff when I was a personal trainer in London, like I would ask other people, what are you charging for like a paid post, for example? And like, they'd be like, oh, I don't like, no, people just basically wouldn't tell me. And I feel like that's a scarcity mindset of like not wanting to share or like, I don't want to invest my money in X because it's never going to come back. Um, that's like a really, really big thing that I see a lot of the time especially when I'm like speaking to people who potentially I'm going to work with one-to-one is they think that if they spend their money it's never going to come back to them whereas if you flip it on its head like money is simply an energy right and there's we're never going to run out of energy in the world um you know same with I, don't, I can't think of another example it's the same with clients the same as like you know, if you're a yoga teacher, don't be scared about training new yoga teachers because they're not going to take your teachers, right? It's like more teachers is, are going to equal more students. You know, it's the same mindset as in Changu, Bali, for example, where I used to live. It's like, if you're a yoga studio, don't be scared about other yoga studios opening up because if more yoga studios open, more yoga people are going to come and potentially come to you. Um, so yeah, abundance mindset is the belief that there is enough of everything. And the reality is when I did share that tool about Canva and how to make graphics, yeah, people did make them, but nobody made them in the same way that I did. And they were really grateful. And quite a lot of them ended up signing up and working with me as clients. So it's like, if you share, there's like one of the universal laws is a law of reciprocity. So if you put something out there, you are always going to get it back. Like nature, scientifically, and you can back me up here, Victoria, my scientist, but nature hates a, vac a vacuum. Or is it, is it that nature hates a vacuum or nature abhors a vacuum? That's like, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not making that up. So I'm like, I'm so not a scientist. Um, but nature like can't deal with a vacuum right so like there will never be this like lack of reciprocity if a space opens up something's going to come into it like that's just how it works and i want you to think of the same with money like if you spend some money a space is going to open up whether it's you spending and like physically being given something in return or whether it's you investing with a coach that's opening up a space and you will get something back like that's just how it works right it's a constant swell right is that making sense <laughs> it makes so it total total sense and i had i used to have like the most scarcity mindset around money like just like you would be prying my rent from my fingers like it was just painful it was painful like every dollar but it was funny i'd splurge on certain things and then hate paying yeah. other things it was like <laughs> this horrible horrible thing um but for me like by investing and in something like coaching, for example, my whole life, it like literally yeah. completely changed. Like I do not recognize who I was a few years ago when I was just holding on to money. And the funny thing, like when I was working corporate and I was working for L'Oreal and I was doing very well financially, had a lot of money in the bank. 
and I had never been more poor in my life, right? Like yeah. I had never been so unhappy. I was hate, like my body was quote unquote perfect, yet I was empty and miserable. I didn't do what I was lo- like. Everything was just all over the place. And so I was like, what is the point of, you know, having that money potentially sitting there anyways? And then, you know, I quit my job. I think I ended up, by the time I ended up quitting, I think I'd like, I don't even know, like 79 cents in my bank account. Like it was like ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> like the all, my money, all my money was going to buying a ticket to Bali and like I'd sold some things in my apartment and, and I got here and I like put a co- coach on a line of credit and like it literally immediately paid off. And like my mindset completely shifted. I started you know, understanding how to like launch a business and, you know, call in clients. And it took that kind of leap of faith and like kind of like jumping out and then building the parachute on the way down kind of mentality because you have to feel the fear and then just do it. Like yes. it, there's never going to be that like right moment, that like perfect time where like everything aligns and, you know, like the, your partner is going to stay home and watch the kids and this and this and that, like, it's never going to be all perfectly there and you're going to wait your whole life for that to happen. And so it's scary as fuck mm-hmm. investing in yourself because it requires you to decide that you are worthy of investing in mm-hmm. and it requires taking that leap. But oh my God, if you believe that you are not worthy investing in, then you need to invest in yourself even more so that you can get the return and work with the people who make you feel like you are worthy of investing in. Yeah, for sure. And I just want like everyone listening to know that the stru- our structure of society literally wants only a few particular people to be super, super wealthy. And the rest of us, they want us to be like earning just enough to survive but maybe possibly in debt. Like that's literally how society is structured. And I don't like go down the like whole conspiracy theory route too much, but like that's how society structured. That has worked for thousands of years, the rich being super rich, the poor being super poor. So you have been like culturally by the media, by the way that your parents have been brought up to grow up thinking that you shouldn't be spending money on certain things so for us women especially we can go and we can like go and have our like eyelashes done and we can have we can pay lots of money for hair extensions and we can have all these clothes and this massive wardrobe and have all these shoes um and think that we are okay to spend that money or like it can be totally acceptable to go to university and spend thousands of thousands of pounds or dollars or whatever and be in debt for the rest of your life or like using a degree that might have even got you like furloughed or lost your job during covid but like to actually go and invest thousands of pounds in a coach like that could get you massive return of interest and like see you seeing money that you've never seen before you can't be doing that like that's the way that our culture is structured and like people like that's just the way that it is we've been told that it's okay for us to spend money on certain things and then not on other things and like no wonder so many of us in our generation are so confused and struggling because we're breaking the norm right now. So just, as you said, just do it and like, just see what happens. And I just, I think that we're kind of paving the way for the future right now, not just in terms of like money expenditure, but in like society. And I feel like, unfortunately, and this might be like a really pessimistic viewpoint, but I just feel like our generation are just going to have to bear the brunt of this like massive change. You know, we're in, in terms of astrology, we're coming out of Capricorns, like the age of Capricorn and Capricorn is discipline, strictness, like masculine rule. And we're moving into Aquarius, which is like 
very humanitarian and very different and very like never been seen before and kind of alien-esque so you know we're going through a big transition right now and I just feel like we're kind of just accept that things are going to feel really sticky and really weird and really difficult and really challenging for a while and just do it anyway because what's the worst that can happen that's always my been my motto is like what's the worst that can happen when I moved to Bali with no job what was the worst that could happen it was I would have to borrow some money to come home and live with my mum for a bit which ironically is literally what I'm doing right now. Like in COVID, when I lost my job, I had to borrow some money to fly back home and here I am. And it's not been that bad, you know, I'm still here. So I think what's the worst that could happen scares people. But if you actually outline what the worst thing is, it's less scary, you know? Absolutely. Our brain will just like catastrophize the situation and be like, and then I, and then I die alone. And it's like, it becomes this whole thing. It's like, well, yeah, maybe you do just, I don't know, like do some social media work for people online. And maybe you do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pick up a random job here and there, like ask your friends if they need help with anything. And maybe you mm-hmm. do live on your friend's couch. Like if that is the sacrifice that has to be made for you to pursue your dream mm-hmm. and, or get a coach and start, you know, recovery, like whatever your journey is at this moment, I promise you that you will not look back and regret going for it, but you will regret mm. looking back and not going for it. Exactly. Like, Who wants to wake up and be like, oh, I wish I'd done that thing and it'd be the end of your life, you know? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I totally agree. We're stepping into that time of change right now. And the way I look at the work that we're doing, and especially like in terms of even intuitive eating and accepting our bodies and mm. women, like in general, it's such a feminist movement. Like it's such a yeah. radical self-love like rejecting the patriarchal society of keeping Mm -hmm. women down keeping women you know so just distracted um Mm -hmm. with what they should be doing because they're so focused on their body and what they should look like and you know whatever it is and going and getting their hair done which is there's nothing wrong with that but like if that becomes our whole world and you're choosing to spend you know again everyone is different but if you're because you've been culturally you know, told to spend, you know, $500 a month getting your hair dyed and colored. And then you were foregoing, you know, potentially investing in something that's going to radically change your life. It's like, you know, we need to like sit and kind of evaluate what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with all that kind of wraps into my final question for you, uh, a question I ask all my guests. And so if you had to weigh in on one thing that makes you happy and it's totally subjective, you can't mess it up. What would that be? I find some, I, we were talking about, we were talking before we started recording about this um, because that's such like an interesting question for me and as somebody who has had like chronic depression the idea of happiness is like it's such an interesting word because I think that we assume that happiness has to be constant but it just isn't and I sometimes feel like oh I just wish that I'd never experienced depression but then I'm like so glad that I did because it unopened it unlocked all of these things for me. So for somebody who does go through like depression, depressive states, the happiest thing for me, and obviously like this is super personal and like not people who don't have depression aren't going to feel this, but it's like coming out of that state of like having a struggle or being low for a period of time. And for me, I just always end up being outside and it's sunny wherever I am. And I'm just, it's like a feeling of just like, Oh, I'm finally like out of, the darkness and it's not that the darkness isn't going to come again and it's not that things aren't going to be difficult again but it's it's almost like oh I've made it through the trenches I've like 
shuffled and crawled my way through mud and I'm out like that it's just like a it's almost like a big taking a big breath of air so that's like happiness to me is like understanding that there will always be times where things don't go super well but there is always a time where you actually like get to come up for air and be like oh my god I'm me again so that's like always that's what it feels like for me and I hope that you guys listening have something that you can like attach that to in your own reality because that's the best bit right it's like remembering that you're human and that like shit will happen but you are going to be okay as you said Victoria like what's the worst that could happen probably already has happened you know I love that I so relate to that as someone who struggled so much with depression and anxiety Mm. like those clouds break like a little bit and it's it's like for me it's the contrast like it because I've had so much darkness and heaviness and sadness in my life I appreciate the little moments Mm -hmm. so much more and I'm able to just really live in those moments and just feel it like you know like for me happiness can just be like literally like having a sip of coffee out Mm. on like feeling the this the grass under my feet because I know maybe a few days before I wasn't getting out of bed and all I wanted to do was have it be raining and so it's that contrast that allows me to appreciate it and just like really taking inventory of that moment and it's not to say that it's not going to rain again it's not going to go back into that but understanding like yeah you're going to get through it you're going to be okay you're human we can talk about these things. You can talk about mental health. You can get the support that we need. It's not like something to be ashamed of. Mm. And uh, yeah, know that you're just supported and loved through it all. So thank you so much for that. And so where can people find you? My main space is definitely uh, my Instagram, which is at Hannah Rose Cluley. I also have a Facebook group called um, Empowered Entrepreneur Society, which is for women or people who identify as women to just go and feel supported um and i do like weekly lives in there so those would be the two the two main spaces to come and find me so come and say hello i would love to have you in either or both (laughs) amazing and i will drop those into the show notes below so people can easily access them just want to say again thank you so much for coming on today so enjoyed our conversation and looking forward to connecting with you in the future as well yeah you're so welcome thanks for having me i really appreciate it and i'll see you in bali at some point soon (laughs) yes absolutely thank you so much for listening to this episode if you enjoyed it as much as i did then please i invite you to rate and review it means the world to me and the more reviews and the more ratings i get the easier it is for me to get incredible podcast guests. So help me help you help you help me to make this podcast even better by rating and reviewing on Apple. I would so appreciate you taking just a few seconds to do that. I would also love to have you join me on Instagram if you haven't already, and that is at Victoria Evans official. I'm always responding to everyone in the DM, so please shoot me a message. I would love to chat. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening to this episode, screenshot and then tag me on Instagram so that I know you're listening and we can have more of a conversation about it there on Instagram. Additionally, I have my free private Facebook support group, Intuitive Eating and Body Confidence Community. So if you're looking for some more support and resources, definitely join me over there. And as always, if you go ahead to the show notes below, you'll find all the links of everything I've mentioned throughout this episode, as well as a little freebie there for you just to say thank you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.